0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy, we're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can
1: find it. This is episode ninety-nine, crazy. I know, pretty, pretty amazing. I'm talking about Jody Martin, who 26 years ago kicked drugs and opened a restaurant where she hired women struggling to stay sober in her community. Oh,
0: cool. Then I'm going to talk, read a book called Journal for Jordan about First Sergeant Charles Monroe King, who gave his life for our country. And it's really a journal from both his fiance and him to their son. So beautiful story. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about a group called Creative Vets. They're country musicians, singers, songwriters that team up with veterans to try to Put a positive spin or create a positive outlook through song. Oh, cool. Because a lot of times they're dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder. So, some cool stuff out there. It's already September, which I can't believe. I do love this time of year with all the new paperwork and syllabus and all that. But anything new going on with you?
1: Well, I did the introduction because we were at... The University yeah. of Oregon Ducks.
0: Exciting. So we did that, uh, Lucy and I, and that was Did fun. Lucy watch any of the game on Saturday? No. The Ducks were yeah. slaughtered. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. She's not <laughs> cued in okay. yet, but okay.
1: yeah, it
0: was,
1: it was fun. Well, good. You recently gave me an article from your favorite mad people.
0: <laughs> <about> <laughs> I'm so like my mother-in-law I that know, way. I love it. I love,
1: it. I I good love it, though. It's about a Louisiana woman, Jodie Martin, who 26 years ago kicked drugs and alcohol and opened a restaurant where she hired women struggling to stay sober in her community. Her story reminded me of Erin French, who we Mm -hmm. chatted about in episode 30. Erin also battled addiction and came out the other side and created world-renowned restaurant, The Lost Kitchen, in her hometown of Freedom, Maine. And it also reminded me of... The local program here in Portland, Oregon, Union Gospel Mission's mm-hmm. Life Change Program, which we've talked about, that helps women gain sobriety and transition into the workplace. Mm-hmm. Jody, when she when she became sober, she was at church with her with her family, and the pastor was talking about what do you have in your house. The message was based on Second Kings four about the poor widow with the pot of oil. Meaning behind the scriptures, like the poor widow, we all have. You know certain needs—spiritual, emotional, physical—but God knows um, those needs completely and cares about them. As, as Jody listened, she thought, "Well, Lord, I'm 26 and I own nothing. Heck, and I just moved back with my parents." Um, but after hearing that message a year later, you know, Jody began putting her hand in whatever she could. She loved serving in hospitality. She started helping her aunt Charlotte, like together making all kinds of food. Then she felt called to go to Bible college where she met her husband. And then when she came back after that, they were working at the church. She was making meals for her pastors and staff. And then fast forward, 2016, kind of 18, she, she opened a restaurant called Go Fresh, which she cried every night from the stress and struggles of trying to open a new restaurant. Mm-hmm. But she didn't give up because she believed God wanted her to do this, but she didn't really know why. And then in 2018, a dear friend came out of Louisiana Adult and Teen Challenge Program and saw the need for transition home for women coming out of a faith-based recovery program. And that's when Jodi had like an aha moment and knew that her ministry was that God wanted her to hire these young women. To come in and help her. Yeah. So she you wanted to create this safe place for them to work, which I just love. And it's amazing. Her restaurant made it through the pandemic, which is super cool. And then in September 2021, HGTV came out to their town and renovated her kitchen, which is so awesome. I just, I love this woman's faith, her heart for helping women to get a fresh start. And another story around food. Yeah. And around food. Brings us together. Brings (laughs) us, yeah, Food is love. (laughs) It
0: is. I vaguely remember reading about the book. Journal for Jordan, and you guessed it, a people <laughs> magazine. I think I even tore it out and filed it to save for another time. Yeah. Knowing it would be a difficult read for me. It was way back when we did episode 60 on okay. Denzel Washington. Well,
1: I, and I saw the preview for that when I went and took Lucy to go see uh,
0: Spencer. Oh, okay. So,
1: um, with about Lady Diana. Yeah. I
0: remember seeing that yeah. and just being all. Yes directed by Denzel Washington so you know it's gotta be good. It looks awesome. And after reading the book I'm so happy that that he directed it and made sure that this story was shared with people. I remember when we went to see Lady Gaga. Yeah. House of Gucci they showed that trailer. Okay they showed it yeah. Yeah we both were like we need to go see that and I still haven't watched it. It's on my list. First I need to watch Rise. Okay. (laughs) Giannis. But I'm finally ready to watch it on the not so big screen, since it's no longer in the theaters. But it helps a little bit that you know from the beginning that this entire book is written to honor a fallen soldier as he shares his wisdom yeah. and love with his son, Jordan. I never watched that movie with Michael Keaton. Did you see it where he taped life lessons for his young son after being diagnosed with a terminal disease? I didn't see that. I think it was like in the 90s, but okay. I'm such you a little I that. Yeah. couldn't watch it, but all that to say, I had to be in the right place. I had to be in a strong enough place to read this book. So first off, it's a beautiful love story, not just between a man and a woman, but the love they share for their child even before he's born. The book's written by Dana Kennedy with inserts from her fiancé, First Sergeant Charles Monroe King, who gave his life for our country. Dana was an incredibly independent woman, and she didn't need a man (laughs) to take care of her. When she met Charles, she wasn't interested in a relationship. Charles was a friend of her father's. They both were in the military together. Um, Her and her long-term boyfriend had recently broken up, and she was still recovering and still sensitive with that, even though I don't know that she would have admitted that, but Add to the whole equation, she didn't exactly have ideal role models when she was growing up. Her mother was a high school dropout, and it showed her picture, yeah. her mother's picture, and they're a gorgeous woman. Right. But she was a high school dropout. She didn't have enough confidence to leave a man who openly cheated on her. After dinner, their father would announce that he was going out for milk, and he'd take off until after midnight. Oh so obviously God. he yeah. wasn't going out for milk. Her mother would just lower her head in her chair and totally accepted the situation. She didn't have any other choice. She didn't think she had any other choice. Her father would say that their mother had trapped him by getting pregnant. So I don't think Dana had warm feelings about her dad or the whole concept of marriage. Yeah. So um, when her mom had five kids, she kind of felt like she was trapped. Dana was the only child who refused to meet her father's mistress. and she always told him that the jokes and comments he made in front of her friends and acquaintances were inappropriate, begging him to stop, that yeah. they were, they belonged back at the base. and it didn't stop him or you know, he didn't apologize or stop it right. at all. He'd just laugh at her discomfort. That's probably a huge part of the reason that she turned into an extremely successful, independent woman. She didn't ever want to find herself in the same place as her mother. So Charles had been raised in the Methodist church. Apparently, he sang in the choir. He didn't want to, but his parents wanted him to sing in the choir. And when he announced that he was joining the military, his pastor asked him why. He was like, Charles had loved his church and the church's message of peace. And so he questioned why he'd go against that with the military being the complete opposite, taking lives. And Charles replied that the military needed Christians too. Aww. So, big heart. Yeah. While Dana thought Charles was incredibly attractive when she met him, she knew he wasn't her type. She wanted a man who read the paper, probably because she was a journalist and oh, wanted that okay. common interest. Besides their long distance from each other, Charles also is a military man. And like I said, her father was a military oh, right. man, and she was well aware that she... Didn't want that. Yeah. Quite a while after they met, Dana got a phone call from her father telling her that that he had shared her number with Charles and to expect a phone call from Charles. So he's kind of playing matchmaker, but not really because Charles wanted to call she said that when he called, it sounded like a really bad cold call with all Aww. sorts of awkwardness. They usually are, that first call. <laughs> she decided to invite him up and show him around New York City. They had a wonderful time together. And the wall around Dana, her, her defensiveness and right. protectiveness of her heart kind of started to crack a bit when she explained how her father would tell those awful, off-color jokes or right. make comments to classmates. And he didn't care that it embarrassed her. Dana told him that he was a drill sergeant, and she wrote it off at that. But Charles didn't defend her father.
1: Oh, good. And he was quick
0: to point out that he, too, was a drill sergeant, and he wouldn't ever talk to his men or oh. anyone in that matter. Wow. So yeah. it was then she knew that she could trust him, and she started to soften a bit towards Charles. This man was as respectable as they come.
1: Yeah,
0: He in no way pressured Dana to do anything, And just constantly built her up and reminded her that she was a queen. It was just so sweet. Even in his journal, talking to their son. He was like, your mom's the best. She's beautiful. And he just truly loved this woman. Well into the relationship, Dana won an award for a race project she had done. Thrilled about the award and honor itself, she was silently struggling because she knew her ex would be there. And his, his new wife would also be in the audience watching her acceptance. She had trouble deciding what to wear and was just stressed oh. about it. She didn't share any of this, but Charles somehow knew her silent struggle. He came up to her, gave her a hug, and reminded her that she was no longer Greg's girl, but that she was his. Oh and that's, cute. I know it's so sweet. And that's all it took yeah. for her to, you know, decide a what shift to wear. Mood. Exactly. Walk into that building. She was confident, no longer worrying about impressing her old boyfriend. Um, It was impressive enough that she'd won a Pulitzer Prize for her work on a project called How Races Lived in America. But she just had needed that reminder from Charles that she was his girl and she needed to go up there proud to, to accept her award. That first invitation to show him around New York City, she gave him the option of sleeping on the couch or sleeping on one side of the bed. He stayed on one side of the bed and Dana had listened to the advice of a girlfriend to not shave her legs so she wouldn't be tempted. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. That was funny. She woke up the next morning to a like clinking noise and I think it was his dog tags like hitting the floor while he was doing push-ups. Wow. He woke up and was working out and she laughed that he traveled with all that stuff to work out. And reminded That's him, amazing. He was dedicated. Yeah. Definitely. And she told him it was way too early to get up and Charles just laughed back at her that it was nine o'clock and oh, definitely not time to work early.
1: Out. Yeah, time to work out. The,
0: the book beautifully weaves together Dana's storytelling of their relationship with journal entries that Charles had written to their son, Jordan. Both of them show what an outstanding soldier and human Charles was like all of us. He had his flaws, but it's easy to see why Dana fell for him despite her aversion for soldiers. <laughs> He loved her curves and all and accepted her for just who she was, a hardworking, successful writer at the New York Times. And it was hard for Dana at times to be a black woman in a white male-dominated field. She commented to Charles one time that it was hard that at times people were surprised when they met her in person after talking to her on the phone. They just assumed she was white. And so they were surprised to find a black woman. So Charles wrote in his journal about her drive and dedication to her career. Journalists doesn't take the easy way. They're always in the middle of stuff. When there's a hurricane and everyone's evacuating, news crews are staying close to get the story. She actually got her start as a police reporter in oh, Florida. Wow. So she traveled to crime that's scenes. That's a different
1: yeah, that's yeah. a different kind of uh,
0: reporting. Oh. <laughs> Uh, before she eventually became a business reporter at the New York Times. Charles told Jordan that his mother stepped through storms, and I liked that concept. Yeah, Kind of invincible. Yeah. She didn't turn away from him, but she remained honest and humble, and I admire that quality so much in both of these people. Data didn't feel the need to brag about her accomplishments, and it wasn't until Charles's memorial service that dana realized how decorated he was as a soldier oh wow he had two bronze stars one purple heart oh. and 11 army achievement medals oh my god she, she wasn't help. aware of any of those because he just was so humble because they were so, both so dedicated in their fields it made dating quite a challenge. He was back in Kentucky and she was up in New York. They somehow made it work. They'd see each other when they could on weekends and talked on the phone most nights. Dana loved that he adored children and respected his elders, even though she didn't want children. Yeah. She loved that he adored kids. She loved that he happily shared his food with her. Her oh. ex made it clear that he didn't want her to touch his plate when they went out to eat. Oh, wow. But Charles wanted her to try and experience anything that would make her happy.
1: Oh,
0: He just, yeah. The major flaw with Charles, like I said, was that he wasn't a civilian. He sometimes mispronounced words, didn't read the paper, and he was very shy. But those were all minor. She wasn't accustomed to dating an introvert. He was very shy and found it odd when he would hang back and even sometimes appeared to be hiding, like just very, very shy. Yet This guy was a drill surgeon and very tough, very strong. He didn't talk politics at the table, but she said he didn't have to because he lived by them. And I loved that concept. She said everyone knew his beliefs and she said his heart was as big as his biceps. Oh, that's sweet. It wasn't all bliss. They had their share of disagreements and fights as well. One time, Dana was so excited to give Charles his birthday present and couldn't wait for him to arrive in New York. Their birthdays were just two days apart, which is pretty cool. That's really cool. She bought him some Italian luggage since he had been traveling with pieces that were, like, held together, I think, with, like, duct tape or something. When he arrived to visit, she gave him his gift and then excitedly opened her present. It was a paperback book. And she guessed that he picked it up at the airport. And she called him out on it. Yeah, He said work had been so busy that it slipped his mind, which didn't help matters because it only reminded Dana that once again, work came first. There was another time when she was traveling for work and they decided to both meet in Akron, Ohio. She stayed in Akron just for his visit instead of going home in between takes or whatever. Um, When he never showed and didn't call, she was seething. And with good reason. Sure. It was another situation where he picked his soldiers over Dana. He stayed back to help a soldier whose wife was having their first baby. Not only did he skip out on their weekend together, he hadn't told her that he wasn't going to make it. She would have gone back home instead of staying in a city that she didn't particularly love. That was a fight that seemed like it might be their last. She packed up his extra clothes, toiletries, protein powder, (sighs) put it in the back of her closet. But she must have somewhat still been holding out hope because she never mailed it back to him. No. Several weeks, though, did go by. But finally, in November, Charles called and said he missed her. He apologized and they eventually worked through it. On December 31st, 1999, they were in Times Square celebrating the new millennium and were excited for the new year, completely oblivious that it really was the beginning of the end. They talked about how they wanted to do a carriage ride oh, with yeah. their little one for uh, on Christmas. and Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all sorts of dreams. But in the summer of 2000, Dana thought she was going to go to Florida for five weeks to cover the upcoming election. They ended up working nonstop stop you remember that election, <laughs> um, so much so they had to go shopping and just buy new socks, buy new underwear. One reporter wow. was so consumed with work that he forgot to pay a utility bill at home. Another was traveling with an expired license. Wow. They just were working nonstop. So hard, yeah, their lives were totally consumed with the election fiasco between George W. Bush and Al Gore. Eventually, George W. Bush was appointed the forty-third president of the United States. And they were covering other political stories, like Janet Reno, who was running for governor of Florida. Apparently, she loved campaigning. That's what I learned in this book. And she would travel around in a red truck, which I just find so cute. One day, she was late for a speech at a senior center, which was very uncharacteristic for her. She entered the room, and she didn't look well. She canceled the campaign and announced that the United States had been attacked. Even before they knew who was responsible You know, Charles told Dana that we were going to war with somebody. Charles was called to California where the military had created a mock Middle East training field out in the desert. He was there to train young men and women to send them to Iraq. It was hard on both Charles and Dana. He took it very seriously and wanted to do everything he could to prepare them. I love that he wasn't above doing like menial tasks. One yeah. time he was doing something and he was in the gunner position and the guy behind him like got mad, flipped him off. It was Charles. He hopped off of the vehicle, came back and was like, you never do that. And this guy was like five, six, 150 pounds. Wow. Charles was like six, two, 250. And so he intimidated yeah. the soldier, but he had no idea that that was Charles being the gunner, right. you know, because that wasn't a position... That typically someone in his rank would do, but he wasn't, he felt like he wasn't above anything. He took it very seriously and wanted to do everything he could to prepare them for yeah. war. As if it wasn't hard enough, Charles got his orders to go to Iraq. Dana couldn't understand since he had already served several tours, but Charles knew it was his duty. He had to go over there and get the, the yeah. team prepared. Dana knew that Charles wanted them to get married, but she constantly pushed to the side. She felt like they had a good thing and that was enough for her. I think assuming that they had the rest of their lives right, You know, right. to get married. Sure. She appreciated that he loved her enough to compromise his convictions to be with her without the traditional wedding vows. The war changed that. Dana no longer pushed the thought of marriage out of her mind. She finally accepted his oh. marriage proposal. So they were engaged. They considered getting married before he left for Iraq, but that just didn't feel right. They didn't want it to be rushed or seem like it was only because he was being deployed. So they put off the marriage thing until he returned. Not only did Dana soften about the marriage proposal, she also changed her mind about children.
1: Oh. Big deal. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. One
0: day they were chatting on the phone and she told Charles that she wanted to have a baby. He agreed so quickly that Dana didn't feel he had given it the proper thought. (laughs) In actuality, he had. He had wanted her to marry him and start a family for a very long time. I think pretty much from day one. Dana was 40, so she knew they had no time to wait. Time clock. Yep, Second. exactly. Charles came home for a break, and they decided to try for a baby. After he left, Dana thought she was pregnant. She went to her OB and asked for a pregnancy test. They asked her how far along she might be, and she, <laughs> and she told them four days. Aww. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. impressed that they still did the test, but it came back negative. But she kept telling her sister and close friends that she just felt like she'd conceived. Oh. Did you ever have that feeling with any of your kiddos? Uh, I was sure with my third Well,
1: not really. I had no. to go on infertility. Yeah, medication. So you would watch so, it very carefully.
0: It was yeah, I mean. My husband kept saying that, no, you're not pregnant with Nick. And I was like, no, I, I feel like I feel, I feel it, I feel it. And sure enough I was. Um, Several times, she picked up pregnancy tests at the store, only to put it back on the shelf. She just didn't have the guts. Finally, a friend convinced her to just buy one, put her mind at ease yeah, once and for all. She made a cocktail to help calm her nerves, and she took the test. One pink line showed up immediately, and eventually it was followed by a very faint second line. After calling her friend and checking with the manufacturer's website, she realized that she was, in fact, pregnant, So Uh she had been right those four days. Uh Yeah. She almost took another sip of her drink to celebrate, but then she stopped herself because she was pregnant. pregnant.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Apparently, it had been too early to detect it when she tested with her doctor for the four days. But once she confirmed it with her doctor, she was ready to tell Charles. She said something about how they missed him, and he continued talking, not even registering what she said. She repeated it and finally asked him if he heard her. When he found out from then on he called her Ma. Oh a name she wasn't fond of, yeah. which I totally get. <laughs> yeah. But she thought he deserved it, being allowed to call her whatever he wanted. From the beginning, her only request was for him to hold her hand during the birth and help her raise this baby. Aww. They both were elated, and the baby preparations began. Charles still tried to pamper her from the Middle East, reminding her to take care of herself and his baby. He asked for pictures of her growing belly and was so excited to see his son mm. at an ultrasound appointment. Oh, so that was one time he was um, in the States. Dana had planned to have her labor-induced during Charles's last break before his retirement. During one conversation... It came out that Charles wasn't going to be able to come back home for the birth. He would stay back until her soldiers got to go home. It was pretty much a choice of his, yeah. that he had made. But he didn't feel like he should go home until all of his soldiers had yeah. had a chance. I cannot even imagine the rage sure. that Dana oh must have felt. Not only was she pretty much going through the whole pregnancy alone, dealing yeah. with extreme fatigue,
1: right.
0: morning sickness... And then going to Lamaze classes with a friend. But now Charles wasn't even going to be there for the birth. She was crushed and angry. And even thought she hated him in the moment. It was hard because she, I think, in ways, was embarrassed to be another black woman. She, You know, people assumed that the baby was an accident. And she kept having to explain. Which she shouldn't have to explain no, to anybody. No, but, but no. But she did because... People make all sorts of assumptions, but all of that hatred faded when that sweet little baby arrived via C section. Charles heard about it right away. I guess the military wives have quite the support system, according Aww. to this book. Everything's in place for them to call and contact one That's another cool. and the word got out. I know. I was born my
1: mom was I was born in Typhoon. My dad was at the <laughs> postpart and they called called us out, like called my mom out. Of, of her house like with a megaphone oh I mean, it's just that's a different so funny different system but anyways
0: whatever charles would write in his journal that jordan would be a blessing to everyone who meets him not only was he somewhat of a miracle baby with the ease of their conception right i mean for, for reals sure. but he was born with the most beautiful blue eyes oh. which is interesting because both yeah. parents had very dark you know dark complexion dark eyes while on leave charles finally got to meet his son And didn't want to leave his sight. Even when Dana suggested they get a babysitter for a proper date night, he said he didn't want to leave Jordan. And she understood that they could still have family dates and some alone time while Jordan slept. She loved watching Charles with Jordan and could hardly wait for him to be home for good in six weeks. She'd finally decided on their wedding day, June 9th, since it was between both of their birthdays.
1: Oh,
0: cute. Yeah, adorable. And she was already dreaming of the day. Even teasing about sending cake samples to Iraq for Charles to test. One day in October, she received a phone call from a best friend who sounded very serious and asked if they were home. Dana said she'd be home shortly. Her and Jordan had been out at a baby boutique and she bought him some cute winter boots. Little blue boots. She was laughing that Charles would tease her for purchasing these $40 boots for a baby that didn't even walk. But... As they headed home, Dana was praying for her friend, concerned, you know, with what had happened for her friend, having no idea that it, what was coming. Uh-huh. She thought it was something that horrible that had happened to her friend Robin. When she arrived home, her friend was waiting, and shortly after, she received a phone call from Mrs. King telling her that something happened to Chuck. Oh. Dana knew that she loved her soldier no matter what. She just wanted him home. It didn't matter if he had arms or legs. She loved him. She said, What happened? You know, is he going to be okay? Mrs. King told her that Charles had been killed in an explosion. The family didn't want her hearing the news alone, which is why Robin had called and been over at the same time. I just can't imagine that yeah, moment oh and gosh. everything flashing in her head. She said she fell to the, you know, hardwood floor. She was angry that she would pushed off marriage for so long, being too stubborn to do it a long time ago. Yeah. She was angry with Charles for leaving. And angry with her family for lying to her because for a moment she thought, you know, they were lying. She thought it was complete denial. They must be wrong. Um, She was even mad at her friend for making small talk with her when she knew what had happened and what was coming. After all, he left with only six weeks to go. And at this point, it was like a month to go. Then he'd be home forever. She knew that he was the glue that kept them together. Even though she wasn't religious as much as Charles, she wanted to honor him and had Jordan baptized. They made re- arrangements with the church and a pastor, but after a gang shooting in the area, the church needed it for a memorial service. Oh. Dana decided to keep the appointment, have him baptized in, you know just before their service, and she'd say that it's... Jordan seemed to lighten the mood in the church that day. The moms yeah, looked at I'm him sure. and she was wondering if, if they saw their yeah. babies at, you know as they had been when they were little. And it was just a reminder of what Charles had written, that Jordan would be a blessing to everyone who meets him. Aww. Once Dana got through the funeral, that was tough in itself, the reporter in her just had to find out what happened to Charles not only did she deserve to know, but she wanted their son to know the truth, yeah. too. She used her interviewing skills and discovered that Charlie and Company's motto was stay alive and kill stuff. But it's really not stuff. It's the other four-letter S word. <laughs> she was shocked. Yeah. She had never heard him swear before. Uh, her Charles started yeah. the day in prayer and read the right. Bible. But apparently, soldier Charles did whatever he needed to do to get his boys prepared for Aww. war and get them back home safely. Everyone loved and respected Top King. After, you know, she interviewed all these people, she concluded that he had volunteered one last time to take supplies to fighting soldiers, hungry and in need of food and artillery. It had rained that morning that they headed out. He kind of snuck out from his roommate, who also was a sergeant, because he knew he would stop him. So it had rained that morning when they headed out. So it was hard for the guy scanning for IEDs to see any disturbed area in the dirt. They were within two miles of their destination when a bomb went off and blew the Humvee that Charles was riding in off the ground. And some people said it was like a 360. They said the gun on there, she said it was like the size of a Volkswagen Bug. So these are huge huge. machines. And they just were engulfed in flames. Some people claimed he died instantly. And that's really the time of death on the military death certificate stated that. But others testified that he stood up and asked about his men. The doc said that he tried to do, um, tried to perform CPR on Charles, but that he could tell he was already gone. Still, his men got him as quickly as they could to the helicopter. They put in an IV. I think they, like Dana, just couldn't believe their hero was dead. Right. He was making that one last run out of the FOB to not only earn his soldiers' respect, but also to impress his commander one more time. Since he was hoping to be promoted to sergeant major, the highest rank an enlisted soldier can attain. So Dana used her investigative journalistic skills to uncover everything she needed to know and some. Wow, that must like there's have been scrubbing. So have you ever heard yeah. of So scrubbing must be when like sometimes they will send a husband's wedding ring to the jeweler to have it refurbished so that it looks new. They'll go through their letters and if they were, you know, they They make sure that everything looks good
1: to the
0: family. They want to make sure that everything's respectable. Charles might be gone, but this book reminded you that even in his death, Charles still was the glue that held the family together. This journal to Jordan, a lot of it was about his mother, how Dana taught him that the sky's the limit. With hard work and determination, anything's possible. Charles also reminded him to be humble he shared stories of how Jordan came to be and had enough love in that single journal yeah. to last a lifetime. He also shared that he had regrets missing Jordan's birth among them, and I just loved his honesty. I can't help but think that Jordan's going to be an amazing man with the parents he was given, both inspirational in their own ways. They, they're kind of the yin and the yang, yeah. really. They each taught me something throughout the book. Both of them were extremely hard workers, very driven to do their best, and I admire that they both followed their hearts. They definitely were opinionated, but could also admit mistakes and were willing to apologize. They yeah. weren't above that. Dana, a vegetarian, loved Charles enough Aww. to make him fried chicken. Chicken, any type of chicken, was his favorite meal, um, even though she it, it was disgusting to her. And Charles loved Dana enough to never give up in his pursuit of her i want some of charles discipline for sure yeah but even more so some of his heart like she said as big as his biceps loving and caring so much that everyone around me can see it even in death i'm certain his son jordan can feel it that's the kind of love we need to give others i just loved this book like i said it was really sad You knew it was coming, but these people are just amazing. It reminds you the importance of love and sticking together, commitment. Yeah,
1: that was a good one.
0: Be humble about your accomplishments. Work harder than the man next to you. It's all right for boys to cry. Sometimes crying can release a lot of pain and stress. Never be ashamed to cry. Charles King I do want to give a trigger warning on this story. Ultimately, it is a glimmer of hope for anyone suffering post-traumatic stress disorder and suicidal tendencies, but it's an important story and I want to share it. However, if you have sensitivities to stories about people with suicidal thoughts, that's in this story, although it's a real story with how people are escaping those thoughts and breaking the post-traumatic stress cycle. Still, you might want to skip this if that's going to be a trigger for you. As some of you know my little son is all about two things: music mm-hmm. and video games. <laughs> uh, in fact, he listens to music from video games. While I grew up with the original Nintendo and computerized music yeah. of Rad Racer, right? I did Rad Racer, Gunsmoke, um, Tetris. Some of the video games have a I lag- like Frogger. Oh, Frogger, Miss Pac Man, yeah. or Pac Man. Yeah, and you know bead, Yeah, Um, Donkey Kong. Yeah, I like those. Me too. Um, Some of the video games have elaborate music scores, which he analyzes. He composes music as well as plays it and walks around the house tapping on his chest while humming some piece, you know, that he's mulling around in his head. He composed the music, actually, for our podcast.
1: Which is really good. It
0: is. I, I know I'm a little biased, but he's working on our... Um, season 2 or <laughs> 101 episode music hopefully we
1: can have
0: a new, a new splash. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have some new theme music but i see how important and transformational music is to him last holiday season he came to the retirement residence that i work at and he played christmas Aww, concert for yeah. the residents and they loved it they still talk about it last week uh, we had a celtic fiddler come in her and her husband they did a concert, and I, I was
1: music moves. People.
0: Oh, it totally yeah. does. There were residents with memory loss who sometimes are almost catatonic. Right, and they were swaying, clapping to the music. Like it was one Campbell. I mean, who could play? Yeah, and,
1: yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um,
0: my co-worker texted one of the family members because someone who we never see moving was, like, not, you know, Aww. bobbing her head and clapping along. That's awesome. And when she texted the family, they texted back saying she played the violin. So that's probably wow. why it was, you know, it, 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 yeah. it hit her. It was great to see that. There's power in music. There's healing in music, for sure. And that's what this story is about. You can guess where I saw this story People Magazine. Even before I read the story, I had heard other stories about how music can help people heal, that it's being used in therapy for patients with dementia. But this added a new and I think beautiful twist to how music's being used to help people with post traumatic stress disorder. Casey Shaw is a retired Army Master Sergeant who served in Iraq early on in the war. In September of 2001, Casey was in the third year of a pre-med program at the University of Colorado. He'd wanted to be a a pediatric oncologist. However, when the plane struck the Twin Towers on September 11th, Casey, like many others, felt it duty to defend his country and enlisted in the U.S. Army. In Iraq, he saw friends die and lived with the constant knowledge that he could be next. He was in heavy combat and he saw many on both sides die. Casey said it was so easy to dehumanize the enemy, even celebrating the death of enemy kills. He eventually joined special operation forces and spent significant time on secret missions where he even saw more combat. Even when he rotated home for rest, he couldn't leave the aggression and anger behind and lashed out at family and friends. When he came back from the military, the ghosts of the war followed him. He sought out traditional therapy, which helped, but didn't end his PTSD. In 2019, two of his service buddies killed themselves within a few weeks of each other. The trauma of that brought back even more wartime trauma and the thought of ending his own life. Thankfully, he reached out to the military and a team came in and took all of his weapons and got even more therapy. Now Casey is trying another type of therapy through a group called Creativeets. country musicians, singers, songwriters that team up with veterans to listen to the vet stories and create a positive outlet for their song. Oh, wow. Casey worked with the 2022 Best New Artist Grammy Award nominee, Jimmy Allen. Have you ever
1: heard of him? I have never heard of Jimmy Allen, no.
0: Apparently, he's the Best New Artist Grammy Award nominee. And two well-known country songwriters, Kate Howell and Brian White. Casey would tell a story... And as they went, they would take notes, work out song snippets, and sort of jam to tell Casey's story and song. The idea is to give those stories and memories a positive outlet. The songs are later recorded and released on the Creative It website. Casey's song is called Find Me Again, and part of the lyrics go like this. I felt the impact that hit on 9-11. Traded my white coat for Army Green. I want to be a man that ain't giving up, who ain't running when things get tough. Lover, father, son, and brother, a man who's a damn good friend, just trying to find me again. And while I'm certainly not a country music fan, I wow. love wow. this. Brian White, who's one of the songwriters, who's worked, up, um, he's worked with Creative Vets for five years now, which I've never heard of this, I said, A lot of vets keep things locked up tight, but music melts that away. I've seen military men and women with a tough outer shell weep. It's a place for healing to begin. Creative S also hopes that songs available online about other vet experiences could resonate with other military veterans who are feeling the same way. Casey says of his song, I was having a bad day, starting back into that hole and I put on my song. It was like, okay, it's not the end of the damn world. We all have a darkness, but it's a guiding light. That's what my song is to me. It's hope.
1: That's
0: awesome. Creative vets has helped more than 850 veterans since it wow. launched in 2013.
1: Wow, that's that's incredible. It's been going for a while. I think it would be great though, is that accessible to yes. everybody, to public, yes. to hear these songs because I think also it gives you some perspective on ho- somebody's and feeling. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think
0: that's always and good. what they're going through. And right. Maybe being kinder to the right. to the people we you know are seeing on the street. Music and art programs have been found to be a valuable part of therapy for soldiers and other people suffering post-traumatic stress disorder. I just love these people helping turn something tragic and painful into something so beautiful through music. That's awesome. I guess it's human nature for different cultures to profile one another. It's not fair to judge someone by the color of their skin, where they're raised, or their religious beliefs. Unless a person is rude or obnoxious, keep your opinions to yourself. You never know what hidden talent a person might have to share with you. Life would be boring if we were all the same. Appreciate people for who they are and learn from their differences. Sergeant Charles King to his son Jordan. Episode 100. I know, I can't believe it. It's crazy. Holy moly. We're going to do it a little different next time. We're going to do um, just go over some things that are currently inspiring us in 2022. So maybe some updates, um, favorite story, favorite stories, some goals. Maybe talk about our vision boards yeah. that we've. And we're looking for suggestions. Maybe your favorite stories or someone that you want to suggest for episode 101, you can check us out on Pinterest, Instagram, email us at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or um, go to our website, tangentialinspiration.com. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com.
0: Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.